Welcome to another NCBI podcast. NCBI is the Irish National Sight Loss Agency. We are a not-for-profit charity which offers support and services to people of all ages who are experiencing difficulties with their eyesight. If you would like more information on our services, please visit www.ncbi.ie. Hi again, my name is Kevin Kelly. I'm the head of advocacy here with the NCBI. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been bringing you a series of interviews capturing the experiences of people who are blind and vision impaired during the COVID-2019 health emergency in Ireland. Today, we thought we would do something a little bit different and we would go to the other side of the world and check in with uh, Vision Australia. And I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by Karen Knight, who's the general manager of Vision Vision Australia's client services. Uh, Karen, thanks for joining us here on NCBI's podcast. Thanks very much for the opportunity. It's a great honour. Karen, so uh, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, how things are in Australia at the moment. Well, actually, I think I think Australia as a country is doing fairly well in terms of flattening our curve. Uh, certainly, everyone is working from home. People are only allowed to go out uh, to get essential items such as groceries or go to the doctor's or um, they're allowed to have one visitor to their house, but they have to stay in their local neighbourhoods and can go out for exercise. But there's very, very definite signs for us that we are flattening the curve. And, in fact, in Queensland for the past week, there's been new cases in single figures only each day. And, in fact, we there's only been about... About 64 people in Australia who have died of COVID-19. So that's that's really 64 too many, of course, but it's a fantastic outcome so far. That sounds uh, exceptionally uh, positive. And some of the restrictions uh, that you mentioned there are quite similar to what we've been living with in Ireland over the last uh, number of uh, weeks, uh, I suppose, uh, turning to uh, the bread and butter, both for NCBI and Vision Australia. How have things been for people who are blind and vision impaired? It was really difficult for people to get used to the circumstances as they change quite rapidly particularly accessing the shops and getting groceries was a real challenge. Many people who are blind or low vision, I guess, like in Ireland, uh, have obtained their food each week via online shopping. And you'd think that would be just the right thing to do in these times. However, supermarkets stopped delivering. They couldn't keep up with people that wanted delivery. So they said, no, we're not delivering. Of course, that threw people into a spin, particularly people who are blind or low vision. It took supermarkets then a week or two to find ways that you could indicate that you needed special assistance and that you really didn't have any other option than getting your food delivered as a result of an online order. And um, so it was those couple of weeks that were really tricky. Once the supermarkets got their system sorted out, it improved somewhat. They also introduced uh, the supermarkets said that people with disabilities could come to the supermarket an hour earlier than the general public and that they were hoping uh, that would be a way that people with disabilities and their carers could access uh, supplies earlier than others and People were panic buying, as I think they were in lots of other parts of the world, 
and some essentials such as toilet paper was really hard to come by. Indeed, uh, toilet paper was a real issue uh, in Ireland in the uh, early days of the crisis. And it's something that we uh, have in common because access uh, to shops and supermarkets has been a, a real challenge for people in Ireland who are blind and vision impaired. And whilst there's been some uh, progress in having people who are blind and vision impaired and included in dedicated shopping hours, supermarkets uh, here on the whole have failed to uh, put anything in place to prioritise orders uh, for people who are blind and vision impaired yes and that would really create a lot of very stressful situations for people and I can imagine that you've probably had lots of calls from your clients who are very stressed by that situation exceptionally uh, so and uh, I think the other thing that this has really uh, highlighted for uh, some people who are blind and vision impaired is the world as we know it is everyone's moving online but uh, I think it's really accelerated the move online and some people are really uh, struggling with that adjustment. They really are and and so we've been doing whatever we can to help people achieve uh, getting online, recognising that some people don't even have the equipment to get online. So some of our services we have changed to using the telephone, uh, assuming that most people do have a telephone in their home. We're doing whatever we can by telephone. And then we're using telehealth, so Zoom platforms. Sometimes we use FaceTime platforms um, to connect with people because we thought, it may not be a traditional service that uh, we're able to do, although more and more we are now as we've got practised over the weeks, but it's about staying in touch with people. It's about connecting with them often and trying to link them to community resources where that might be able to help them. So we actually set up a COVID hotline that clients could call and talk about their situation and we would link them with a resource in the community that could help or if there truly was no resource in the community that could help then we would send with the correct risk assessments done we'd send the uh, staff out there to support people we've done something similar in ireland by launching our national uh, helpline and there's been a wide uh, array of calls uh, coming in but one of the themes that we're really picking up on is that there are a lot of people out there um, who are really feeling quite distant and isolated from society and services and i suppose that's something that uh, uh, people who are blind and vision impaired sometimes can struggle with before the onset of uh, COVID-2019, uh, but it's becoming really uh, apparent in the calls that are coming through to our national helpline. Is that something similar in Australia? Yes, indeed. Certainly isolation and social isolation is a big issue for people who are blind and low vision at any time, and this has been magnified. We have found some situations, though, where there were people available, whether it's a family member who's normally at work or um, some people that had a bit more free time than they otherwise would have that have helped relatives who are blind or low vision to access the technology, for example, help them get online uh, with Zoom or with FaceTime to connect with others. So we have found some of those stories, but yes, certainly isolation is a big issue and people have had so much more time on their hands and we've been encouraging them to connect with our library service, to read more, uh, to connect with telelinks with friends 
uh, and and to just uh, really keep that social connection with the community wherever they possibly can. Yeah, and we definitely encourage anyone listening to this uh, to reach out to NCBI's National Helpline on 1850-3343-53 and we can link you in with an array of uh, services because there's lots of things uh, happening uh, out there at the moment that uh, people may uh, really uh, find useful and beneficial at at the moment. Another issue that um, uh, as we move into a phase now in Ireland where it looks as if we're going to be easing government restrictions restrictions in the days and weeks uh, ahead is obeying social distancing uh, guidelines and saying two metres apart. That's a real uh, challenge for people who are blind and vision impaired. Uh, that's, that is tricky, isn't it? Uh, so, you know, sort of God is the main way in which people move around the community if they're being led by someone and uh, social distance really isn't possible in that true sense of sighted guide. So we have talked about ways that we might be able to do that, encourage people to sometimes use their cane independently if they have good enough cane skills where they can just follow someone. If they have a dog, then the dog will follow. Some people have actually, when, as you probably know, Kevin, when people who are blind or low vision run competitively, and even if they want to run for exercise, they sometimes use um, a rope that has a handle for each person to hang on to so that they can freely use both arms. I think some people have been trialling that. Um, some people have also used a fold-up cane and held both ends of the cane as it's, as it's folded up to, to have that connection. But as you know, that's a lot of these things aren't particularly good because you can't feel what the arm is doing. You can't feel the information through the elbow that you would normally feel. So we, you know, we do try to encourage people if they want to use sighted guide, make sure you follow hygiene measures and use sanitizer. Both people use sanitizer regularly. Yeah, I think there's some really uh, sound uh, advice uh, there in what uh, you have said and people um, are having to adjust and do things uh, differently and people who are blind or vision impaired are no different uh, in that way and I think this crisis is uh, in some cases uh, making people really dig into their own personal uh, resolve and uh, be brave and maybe attempt things that they wouldn't uh, if the crisis wasn't uh, amongst us in the country. That's right. It really does test people's resilience. And sometimes because people have a bit more time on their hands, it can be a good time to try and learn some some new skills if you feel that you've got the capacity to do that. It. Um, I think the other thing is that people who are blind or low vision often touch surfaces a lot more. So following hygiene measures is just so important. It really um, is, uh, and I think that's uh, something uh, where some of our advocates uh, have really highlighted uh, to us in the various uh, meetings and engagements we've had online in the last couple of weeks is that kind of tactile elements that they feel more nervous and apprehensive about uh, feeling surfaces but we've been trying to reassure them if they follow the guidelines uh, by the health authorities around hygiene that they will be okay. Yeah, yes, and, that, and that's what we've been saying to listen to what health authorities are saying and follow that. And as an organisation, we're certainly using that as our guidance about what services can operate and how they can operate. 
Yeah, something that uh, I'm curious about, and it hasn't been happening in a widespread uh, fashion across Ireland, but we have been uh, receiving uh, some reports from service users where members of the public have been quite uh, unpatient with them when they haven't been obeying social distancing or in the case of our service users uh, who have uh, guide dogs, people have been passing comments about the dogs potentially passing the virus, which is completely untrue. And we've done some work with our colleagues in Irish Guide Dogs to highlight this fact. Is that something that uh, has cropped up in any way in Australia? We have heard people um, being abused by other members of the public around not maintaining social distance and particularly people with dogs not maintaining social distance. The dogs dogs aren't trained to do that. So uh, it, it really is a matter of trying to give people the advocacy skills to explain to members of the general public why that might be the case and that... Um, if someone is blind or low vision, you often actually don't know quite how close someone is to you and that can change on a moment-by-moment basis. Very true. And Karen, uh, just to uh, wrap up uh, our, our interview, uh, we live in unprecedented uh, times. Have you got a sense as client services manager with Vision Australia how you will uh, roll out services in in the months ahead whilst we live uh, with the virus and in the absence of having a vaccine? Yes, I think we will be doing more and more telehealth services. That doesn't mean to say that as things ease a little bit, we'll do some face-to-face services whenever it's possible, but we certainly won't be travelling the way we're used to around various parts of the country for for some time to come. We will be encouraging people to continue to work from home a lot of the time and we'll be developing people's skills in delivering telehealth. And we've been doing some really exciting things about how to deliver O&M services over um, telehealth as well as occupational therapy and uh, some services for assistive technology over technology as well. So it it, um, is a new era. It's something that we've dabbled in a little bit previously, but we really had to double down on it and build our skills to make sure there was a whole plethora of services that people could access and we'll be doing that more and more into the future. Indeed, and I think that'll be the same for NCBI. That was uh, me, Kevin Kelly, in conversation with uh, Karen Knight, General Manager of Client Services with uh, Vision Australia. I hope you find that really uh, insightful and entertaining and gives you a sense of uh, perspective around uh, how things are in another country outside of Ireland. As I said, NCBI's National uh, Helpline is available on 1850 3343 53 and you can visit our website for further information. If you would like to be notified of future podcasts, please subscribe. To support NCBI, please visit www.donate.ncbi.ie.